the healthier you're going to be, the better you're going to be, and then you can pass on that health and that love and that grace to your children and lead them in the way in which they should go. Now, keyword there is balance. So much of parenting is about living in the messy mill, balancing out love and limits. Love and limits. you got to have both. Let's take a look first. This one comes naturally, or it should. you got to tell the kids you love them. Uh, yeah, especially you dads in the house, especially your grandfathers in the house, uncle. you got to tell them. You gotta express it. You can't just think it. Because I know we all think it. Like, boy, I really love that kid. You gotta tell them so they're in it too. Say it. I know. Here's this idea. A little hackeroo for you. I like this one. Uh, especially if you have little ones. Uh, try this one at home. Write your child a letter. One time a year. Write them a letter. Tell them what they do that's funny, what kind of movies they love, who their friends are, what kind of stuff you did together, what cracks you up about them, but especially tell them how much you mean to them and how proud you are of them and what your hopes are for them for the future, what your dreams are. Tell them about your, your love for them and, your, and how thankful you are to God for them. And then I always love to say, boy, if there's anything I want you to do is stick close to Jesus. And you write this all out, and you write the letter, and then you save the letter. Now, this works really great. The younger uh, your children are, this can work great for you two up front. But you can get started no matter whatever the age. But you write this letter, and then you save the letter, okay? Save it, and then you write a letter every single year. But you save the letters until they get to be teenagers, right, when they really need it. And then on their 13th birthday, you give them that first letter you wrote 10 or so years ago. Children of every age want and need from us. We can give our 
your children all the best, or at least try to give them the best the money will buy. But I'll tell you, without love, it is just stuff. It is just stuff. It's junk, and it's going away. It's love that children need more than anything else. We know this. That's not love. Because we know it for ourselves. And that is exactly what God the Father has given to us in His Son, Jesus Christ. It is crazy, irrational love. But yes, of course, God is a great gift giver. He supplies for all of our need, food, clothing, shelter, house, home, and 10,000 blessings besides. But His greatest gift is love. You see, God's great goal is not to get you the stuff that you want. His great goal is to give you forgiveness. To make you alive. To give you that forever, never-ending, unconditional, irrational love. That God knows the human heart needs irrational love. A love that isn't fair. It's not balanced either. The kind of love that rejoices and protects and sacrifices and forgives irrationally. No matter the mistake, there is nothing that you can do that's wrong that's gonna make God love you less. That's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. God spells it out so clearly, so visibly. Just look at the cross. It is foundational, the cross of Christ. That's our support. Last pillar for any and every hope of peace and joy as foundational people. Jesus died for you, shed his blood for you, for your forgiveness, for your eternal well-being. That's the starting point. You look at the cross and you got it. Know it. Oh, I loved. Crazy, irrational love. We are loved by God. Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, anyone involved with children, need to model that kind of crazy, irrational love of God. Love, it's key. And it's one half of the happy, balanced love and limits. Both are needed. Scripture has much to say about both. Uh, love is certainly all over the place. And you can also find plenty when it comes to limits. One nugget that might come to mind, typically misquoted, is spare the rod and spoil the child. Have you ever heard that one? I heard that when I was not growing up. Spare the rod and spoil the child. It's a reference to Proverbs 13, 24, which actually says, He who spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Well, to be clear, Proverbs is not advocating hating our kids with sticks. That's abuse. This is about limits. It is about careful discipline. But discipline's not a bad word. Don't equate discipline with punishment. Discipline comes from the same Latin word as to disciple. To be a disciple of discipline, it literally means to teach or to guide. That's how we should discipline. We're teaching, we're guiding our children. Discipline is about correction. It's about enforcing limits and orders to shape their character. Not to make your life so easy. No, your job is to shape their lives, to give them character, develop virtue, instill in our children what's right, what's wrong. And the motivation is for their 
benefit. And so it's to be done out of love. Love and limits. There's a balance. Now just for kicks, we're going to go look at some unbalanced parenting practices so we know what not to do. Unhappy parents are off balance because they're living in one or the other extreme and they produce unhappy children. The first is called permissive parenting. I would say if there is going to be a, a side that we typically fall on in you know, the Western world, St. Charles County, 2019, this is going to be the one. We're probably more permissive than the next one I'm going to show you. Permissive parenting, which is heavy on the love, which is a good thing. The problem is light on the limits. Light on the limits. There tends to be no control here, and it gets chaotic. You know the people, right? Where the kids were in the show, don't look at them. They might be looking at you. Right? You've been where the kid is calling the shots. Some of you older people are totally tracking with me, right? Because you've been there, and you're like, and the kid's calling the show, you're right, you're right. And there's always, like, it's always somebody else's fault. It's never a kid's fault. If there's a behavior problem, it's just a stage they're going through. If there's a problem at school, it's always going to be the teacher's fault. Always. Trouble with the team, it's always going to be the, the jerk coach who doesn't get it. It's not, right? It's always somebody else's fault. Permissive moms and dads are not helping their children by eliminating limits and making all these excuses for their kids. Unfortunately, here's what happens. The kid who grows up this way is going to have a very, very tough time moving into society's next step. They'll never grow up. And the child of a permissive parent grows up without a clear sense of reality because it's just not the way the world works. And as an interesting side note, always being right and always getting what you want is harmful. It actually decreases academic achievement and increases substance abuse. Wow. Wow. Letting your kid get away with it is going to decrease their academic achievement and increase potential substance abuse. That's unhealthy, well balanced. And the opposite side, of course, is the, the parent who is, you know, super, super heavy on the limits. And the problem is, really woefully light on the love. Uh, you know people like that too. Lots of control. Or like, really the kid is almost like robotic. This is authoritarian. Because it's a my way or the highway mentality. Very strict, you know, very strict. Not interested in the kid's point of view. Because there's no teaching going on. There's no guiding. There's no discussion. No discussion. Very demanding. And it's, this too is also sad because even though the kid is like super obedient, they're fearful. They're fearful. The child grows up, you know. Really not ready to take on the world because they're afraid. And their social skills, not so great. High rate of depression, all that. Authoritarian homes with their one way emphasis on power produce kids who grow up into adulthood who tend to be bullies themselves. 
And the problem is the kids are not loved irrationally. No, they're limited irrationally. Again, unhealthy, off balance. The best way, which is the hardest way, would be the balancing act between irrational love and healthy limits. Both support and control. Now, balancing acts are never easy, but it is the happiest way to go. Now, if you want a title for it, we'd call it authoritative author. Authoritative, which means someone's in charge. This type of parent, yes, loves unconditionally. They're warm, accepting, they laugh a lot. They're interested, but at the same time, man, there's limits. There are clearly defined limits and expectations. And a high value is placed on self-motivation. Letting the kids try, letting the kids fail, letting the kids figure it out. They're involved without hovering. They also encourage their children to be interested in others. And that there's a whole world that's not you. Yeah, fascinating. They make it clear to their children that there's right, there's wrong, there's consequences. Yet the parents are in charge all the while, making it known that they're crazy about their kids, that they're totally supportive, it's healthy, it's balanced. And here's the thing, the parents are the parents and the kids are the kids. Hey, guess what? Your kids don't need any more friends. They don't need you to be their friend. They don't need a friend. They need a parent. You can be friendly. Eventually, when I get older, go out and have a beer with them all and be friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't need you to be their buddy, little pal. No, they need a parent because they want to be the kids. And quit letting your kids in on parent stuff. That's one thing I've noticed over the years. Little kids know a whole lot of heavy issues. Boy, what a ripoff. They shouldn't. They should be learning about, you know, Spider-Man and stuff. Not about, well, I've seen it messed up many times. Um, as a teacher, I'll tell you, the kids want love. They certainly need love, but they also, believe it or not, they need, and yes, even want limits. They won't tell you that, but it's true. They want discipline. They want the teaching at home. Because they don't want to be in a parent. They want to know that someone else is in charge. Someone else is in control. Don't we want the same thing from our Father in Heaven? I do. I do. I want to know, yeah, I'm loved irrationally, but I also want to know who's in control. Because I'm often out of control. You know what? I want to know what the rules are. I want to know God's rules. I want to know His laws. I want to know what's right and wrong. I want to know how to live. I want to know that God's God. And he's in control, and I'm not, and I don't have to be God even if I could. You see, God cares so much about us that he will even correct us in the way in which we should go. Every time we hear the law and it pokes at us, boy, that's good for you. It's good for me. So then I turn from my sin and I head back to my Savior. I go back to the cross. Check out this passage from Hebrews 12. <clears throat> Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, so that we may share in His holiness. Now, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. 
Later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Trained by what? Discipline. The Lord disciplines those he loves. God does not punish Christians for their sins. We'll say it again. God does not punish Christians for their sins. Jesus was punished for our sins once for all. God did not spare the rod. He did not spare his son, but gave him up for us all. Punishment is over. Don't equate discipline with punishment. God does not punish Christians, but if needed, he disciplines us and he lets us live with the consequences. He's a very wise father. Our Heavenly Father loves us as a parent loves a child, but even more so. He loves irrationally, but he does not wink at sin. He never thinks it's cute, ever. He loves us too much to let us go unchecked. He will keep close tabs on us, and he will discipline us if we need a wake-up call in order that we may not depart from him. But nevertheless, some do. And guess what? God won't force a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter to stay home. He won't force you to come home. But he will always, always, always welcome you home. Love limits. Happy parents wrestle with trying to provide both. But here's the thing, and it's the most important thing of all. I save the best for last. We must want more. We must want more for our kids than simply to have them grow up to be successful. We must want more for our kids than to simply have them enjoy their lives. It's got to be more that we want for our kids than to get them into a good college. It's hopefully they meet the right person. And yeah, they're going to get a high-paying, cool job. And all those are really, really, really great things. But it ain't the best thing. Our children can grow up and be all and have it all. Successful, happy, healthy, yada, yada. And yet, miserable in the very end. Allow these words of Jesus to grab your heart. What good is it? For a man, a woman, a child to gain the whole world, yet forfeit the soul. Pastor Craig Greshel put it like this If we raise our children to become well adjusted, materially comfortable, professionally successful adults, but they don't know the one who created them, or enough for him then all the success in the world will be for nothing. Now my line, we love our children best when we bring them to Jesus. Our Savior said, let the children come to me. It is crucial. Hey, here's a thought. Guess what? Kids can't drive a car. How are they doing? 
us back on Sunday morning. How are they going to come to Jesus at church? That's on you, Mom and Dad. You got the keys of the car. It's crucial. We love our children, but more than even our love, it's crucial that our children know the love of Jesus Christ. That is the best move of all. Bring them to Jesus. Church them up. Train them up in the way in which they should go, which is not a surefire guarantee. It's not. Really, it's painfully sad. But I do. If, if that's if you have a grown adult child who has turned away, it's painfully, painfully sad. I'm sorry. That's not a surefire guarantee. But it's the best move. It's the greatest hope. It's the greatest gift that we could ever give our children. We love our children best when we bring them to Jesus. That is the top priority. Anything less is a disservice to your child. There are a lot of really good things that you could do. But if those things get in the way of Jesus, then you are doing a disservice to your child because everything else is going away. Everything else is going away. The cool job, I don't care what that cool thing, that, that really swell thing is, but it's going away. Only the soul lasts forever. Don't forfeit their soul. Imparting a spiritual legacy to your children is the very best gift that you could ever, ever give. Give them Jesus. Church them up. Which, by the way, is nitty-gritty tough stuff because it means living it out and living it out consistently. And that's tough. You know why? Because you're going to blow it. You know why? Because you're a sinner. That's right. I've got lots of experience in that. Man, I'll tell you a good lie you can tell your kids when they mess up. The first thing you should... I, I, I love this one. I use it with my son. Every once in a while, I remember if I'm going to correct him, like discipline, teach. One thing I love to say is, you are my son. You start out with that. You are my child. You are my daughter. Because that dumb move, you learn that from someone. Your mom. Of course that Yeah, I know exactly where you got that dumb move from. Me. Me. I am a guy. You got that from me. You're exactly like me. You say, you are my son. You are my daughter. <laughs> let's, let's see if we can fix you. <laughs> right? We need to hold on to grace and forgiveness and fresh starts over and over again, right? We try, we fail, we keep trying. No one's going to perfect parenting. But we have a perfect parent, a father, who picks us up, who dusts us off, who encourages each other every day. And you know what a good move is? Talk to him about it. And then, as Deuteronomy expressed, talk about him with your children, your grandchildren. Talk about God. Make it part of your, your deal, your family. On the, you know, if it comes naturally, right, on the way to school or... Tell your kids, hey, I'm praying for you. I know you're, you're going to come up with a, a tough test or a hard deal or praying for you. 
you know, share like a, a, a Scooby snack. Scripture kind of hits you or something. Say, hey, you know what I was thinking about? This kind of hit me today because this is what happened. And share a little bit of God's wisdom with them or something. You know, make spiritual conversation part of your deal as long as it's normal. Like, be real. Be real. But be honest, right? And parenting is tough. It's wonderfully, wonderfully, wonderfully wonderful. But it's tough. Because we mess it up all the time. So start with you. Restart with you. You. Stay close to Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. But don't overlook that one, okay? You want to get good? Ask for help. Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, boy, I struggle with, I'm so impatient. Whatever the thing is, I need your help. Seek your Savior when you flip that monster. Right? I have to do that a lot because I flip out. I do. And guess what I figured out? I'm like, it's not really what they did that's wrong. You know what the problem is? Me. I'm jacked up about something that happened in church. I'm jacked about because I'm worried about this. I'm jacked about because I'm a such a... And then I let that out on them. So, you know what then you got to do? This is really, really humiliating. You gotta go back to your spouse. Or go back to your kids. And say, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. I flipped out. Again. I am a total lunatic. Will you please forgive your dad? Right? Get good at that, Dad. Mom, that goes a long way. And that's being very real. That's being very real. And it's very tough. So, keep smiling. Give them love. Give them limits. Laugh. Teach them about grace. Teach them about forgiveness. Teach them about fresh starts. Show them Jesus. Keep praying like crazy. They're totally worthy. You are too. In the happy name of Jesus. Amen.